0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: This is Winning Slowly, taking the long view on technology, religion, ethics, and art. Because doing good work takes time. I'm Chris Kreitcho.
0: And we're back! And we're back! Season 5! Yes, I'm Stephen Caradini, and we are so happy to be back with you doing our podcasty thing. And we have an awesome season lined up that we are super stoked about. It's going to be different than uh, Season 4. But it's going to be in some ways a building on season four's Mm -hmm. ideas and structure, and we're going to be going to talk about structure. So I led myself right into that.
1: (laughs) I see what you did there.
0: I I see what I did there. Uh, But we are going to be talking about structure versus agency, an issue that has for many, many years in philosophy and history and many number of fields – been an important issue to talk about how do things happen in the world over the past 25 years of the advent of the internet the balance of structure versus agency seems to have shifted in some ways and then shifted back in other ways and (laughs) just seems like a much more fluid concept now so but on top of it being a more fluid concept it has come up much more often in the popular culture and in the news media than it has in previous eras or at least uh, it seems like it has from someone who was not alive in previous eras
1: (laughs) yeah so when we say structure and agency there are a lot of ways we could talk about these things but the angle we're going to take looking at these this season is very much focused on how systems and individuals interact with each other and what are sets of systems that are in play in our lives? How much do they or how much do they not affect our ability to control our lives? And to what extent can we then shape those systems And these kinds of conversations seem very appropriate right now in light of many discussions about the nature of political parties or how institutional racism does or doesn't work or Or cybersecurity,
0: right, or,
1: (laughs) right. We could multiply examples here very easily. And in fact, throughout much of the rest of the season, that's what we're going to be doing is multiplying examples and coming at these questions from a variety of different angles. We have sort of a system of a system here in view, an idea about how to think about the ways that systems and individuals relate and in all of that, we could end up being purely descriptive and we, we don't want to do that. So as is our want, we are going to tend to find ways to say, here's a good thing about this system. Maybe we should strengthen that system over there. Ooh, this mm-hmm. system is mm-hmm. nasty and we want to undercut it, maybe replace it with a different or healthier system. But all along the way, continuing to look at the ways that Systems can be helpful, systems can be hurtful, individuals can respond to systems and are not powerless by them, but also acknowledge the extent to which and the very serious ways in which systems do influence us so that we can make some of the changes we want to see in these areas. And this will loop in. Topics we've talked about in the past. As Stephen said at the very beginning, we're going to address ideas that we touched on, especially in season four, but really going all the way back to the beginning, but with this Mm -hmm. particular lens, coming at them from Mm -hmm. this particular angle.
0: Right. So we will be talking about social media and things that we've been covering for a long time, some business things. We also will be talking about things we've never talked about before Mm -hmm. because the system that we've put into place that we're going to use to run the whole season and that we're going to explain here in a minute, allows us to talk about things that we couldn't have fit in in other sorts of formations of winning slowly. So that's a really exciting new thing for us is that there are some new horizons that are uh, opened by the advent of this system that we've been thinking about and talking about for a couple months now. And so some of the questions that we're going to be exploring, in addition to how does the system work? is in specific, how much can a system penalize an individual for not being part of it? So what is legitimate Mm -hmm. in terms of penalizing someone for not being part of a system?
1: Likewise, another question is just at a descriptive level, how much can a system hurt an individual who is part of it? And that back and forth between how much should a system be able to penalize someone, and how much just at a basic level can systems, are systems able to hurt individuals who are part of them Right, is going to be a constant tension this season. And the relationship between those two is interesting because sometimes a system hurts someone who is part of the system, not by their choice, and not even because the system is designed to do that, but as an artifact of the way the system works. Other part other times the system is intentionally designed to say, "You are bad, stop doing this you're not doing what the system wants you to do, and that's an interesting interplay that we'll come back to over and over again
0: and sometimes the system says, "Stop doing this, and people say ha no and don't <laughs> and so <laughs> truly that that interplay is important, and so on the flip side of the the negative positive here is how much can a system benefit an individual that is part of it what is the relationship to you're doing the thing that is inscribed or circumscribed or suggested Mm -hmm. all terms that we're going to be bandying about throughout the season by the system how much can a person benefit from that is there a ultimate benefit to say, yes, everything should be a system and everything should be a benevolent system <laughs> and we should push for that, which is, you know, an argument that people make, right? It's not mm-hmm. an unrealistic thing to say that there are people that believe in the systematization, whether that's technological or sociological or uh at a very basic level, um, architectural or, mm-hmm. you know, infrastructural systemization, Um, There are people who argue for that. It's not a draconian thing to say.
1: (laughs) Right. And you have people arguing from that. Interestingly, on all sides of the political spectrum, on the one hand, you have people saying that the government should essentially be our means of expressing our systemic desires and therefore we should enlarge the spheres the government is interacting with and engaging with. And on the other hand, you have people saying that the market is the system by which we want to enact our ideas, etc. And usually the differences between those are both ideological and pragmatic. But we'll underscore here from the very beginning beginning and come back to this time and again, that the market as a way of accomplishing something is no less a systemic and structural approach to achieving certain ends than is the government. Now, you might think it's more or less appropriate than the government for certain ends, and we'll get into the weeds about that pretty often this season. But the point is that In neither of those are you escaping systemic pressure on individual lives. A capitalist, market-driven society has a lot of systems in place and a lot of feedback in place for individuals. So that can help individuals along the way. And one of the questions there on the flip side is because of that, do we require individuals to be part of a system or – Can individuals opt out? Are the benefits to individuals and to the broader society around them such that we want to say, no, you have to be a part of this system?
0: On the other end of things, there's also a situation where systems that people are not a part of, they can benefit from. Mm -hmm. And how moral or ethical or appropriate is it to say, I don't want to be a part of the system, but I'm going to get the benefits from the system Regardless. Mm-hmm. And there's an interplay there to say, well, if you're getting the benefits, maybe you should be a part of the system. Or to say, well, you're lucky you you've decided to do this thing and you're getting the positive end out of it anyway. And there's very different ways that people think about how that works. And so we'll investigate that as well. Mm-hmm. And so those are the types of questions that we're going to be investigating as well as other ones throughout the season and that's where we're going to start those are the the generative ideas that we came up with that brought us to these points and we'll loop back and forth into those throughout the uh the season itself however the point that we're actually going to start each episode at is this particular system
1: there are basically a series of 3 axes we've come up with to describe the interaction between systems or structures and individuals and This isn't an exhaustive system, and we don't particularly claim any originality here. We would not be surprised to find other people having written or spoken along very similar lines. But it is our system, and it's the one we're going to run with. Mm -hmm. These three axes are sort of a negative-positive axis, by which we mean, is the outcome of this helpful or unhelpful? And at the most basic level, that's going to be difficult to answer on some questions and very easy to answer on other questions and simply controversial on others, mm-hmm. then there is an axis that we've labeled visible or invisible. And the idea here is that some systems, some structures are visible and obvious. Tax codes, for example, are visible. Uh, highway st- infrastructure is visible. On the other hand, there might be structures that are basically functionally invisible, but nonetheless impact you. Living in a basically capitalist society, that's not something you think about all the time. There's often not a visible, concrete representation of that. But nonetheless, it is a structural component of our culture. It impacts our lives in countless ways every day, including in how we structure businesses, including in how we think about what is a moral good and what isn't, including in how we think about what the role of the family is. All of these things are impacted by that, but it's basically invisible. Finally, we might think about things in terms of the social or legal axis. And again, a taxation system versus the market is a helpful way of thinking about this. The market is not particularly enforced legally, though certainly there are legal constraints around it and legal structures which support it, but it is primarily carried out in a social sense. I I go interact with people in the neighborhood On that basis. On the other hand, the tax system is legal. If I try to opt out of the tax system, I get legally penalized for it. If I try to opt out of the market system and go live on a farm somewhere, well, I can probably actually do that. And there are only social constraints against that. Now, those social constraints may actually be more significant than the legal constraints. And we have a couple Mm -hmm. episodes lined up this season where. We'll talk about social forces being stronger than legal forces, Mm -hmm. but nonetheless, the divide is there. And those three axes are the primary ways we're going to characterize systems and the way they relate to individuals this season. We'll talk about things being negative, invisible and social or positive, visible and
0: social or so on. And that'll be sort of the guiding framework as we come at things. And we'll point that out at the beginning of every episode, as well as put it as the subtitle of each of the episodes. So it will be a little bit more obvious than <laughs> us just occasionally looping around back to it, which is how it's going to be with the questions that we posed at the beginning. Right. This is going to be a fairly visible framework that we're going to try to build off of and just to make it a little bit more confusing because <laughs> because we like to do that here
1: life is complicated and we acknowledge this even in our systematizations
0: yeah there there's no good way to systematize everything on the legal Social axis, you might think, well, I mean, societies aren't always very well organized. I mean, (laughs) society is a big, amorphous, kind of weird thing. And you're right. So, we're going to create a PhD level math problem (laughs) and we're going to have an axis on one of the axes that's only related to that one. Yeah. Which is to say, that the social legal axis also has this sort of organized, unorganized axes to say that you can have something that's very organized legally, but you can also have something that's very unorganized legally. If you just walk around in in various small towns, the the system of, of law and order there is not particularly systematized in large, gigantic codes of conduct. It's much more In my experience, in many other experiences, this may not be true, but in my experience, it's much more uh, colloquial. It's much more organized on a relational, social, unorganized sort of level. Whereas something that's in a a larger city, you may have much more order to the legal structure because you're dealing with a much larger number of people and you're dealing with a much larger bureaucracy to work that legal system through to its ends. On the different side, you may have unorganized social connections. So you may have LinkedIn, which is sort of a jumble of all the people who you've ever connected with in your entire life, which is not organized in any particular way. At an organized level, you may have something like Google circles, which was their attempt to get you to organize everyone that you've ever come in contact with, which people are like, but people are in like two and three circles. And so that brings us to another point which is we're going to be talking about a system here and we know that this is a fiction. Yeah. We know that it's a heuristic to think about systems and people and that it's not concrete, 100% perfect. Right. And so there is a level here where if we start to sound dogmatic, you should think back to the winning slowly basic core principles and filter them through what we're saying <laughs> because that's how we're thinking about these things. Yeah. And putting the language of system an agency over the basic core principles of winning slowly will sometimes have some tension. Great. Sometimes we'll get a little mushy and, and weird, but we are still trying to come at this honestly. So to take the world as it is and to bring some context to it, explain it, fit it to a moral and ethical structure, a religious structure, a cultural structure structure a technological structure all these things that we have been doing but it's it's gonna get a little weird right And that's the basic tension with any
1: schematization. When you lay a grid down on things, even if it is a strange three-dimensional grid with a fourth dimension layered in on one of the axes, you're going to have tensions. You're going to be unable to perfectly categorize things, much less perfectly analyze things. But it is a helpful way, we think, of going at these questions, of thinking how do the individual and the structures of which that individual is a part relate? How do they fit together? And what does that enable? What are the virtuous cycles that might come out of that? What are the virtuous cycles that we might be able to bring out of that? Right. And what are the vicious cycles that come out of it? How do systems and individuals end up in hurtful spirals where the system makes it harder for the individual to do the right thing and the individual then does the wrong thing, which reinforces those same bad structural incentives and so on? Mm-hmm. Those are fundamental questions in – Any society, and we think these are helpful ways of thinking about it. And so then, those that grid takes us back out to a broader set of questions, and those questions are Mm -hmm. very high level, almost meta questions about systems, but they're the questions of most interest in many ways. Right. How constrained are you really by a system as an individual? Are you totally limited by the system? Are you totally unlimited and any individual can accomplish whatever she wants as long as she has a strong enough will? As a related question, to what extent is that a good thing or a bad thing if a system does constrain you in certain ways or if you're totally free in certain ways? Because unsurprisingly, if you've listened to episodes of Winning Slowly before, we don't think that it's always going to be totally good or totally bad, that the cycles are going to be totally virtuous or totally vicious. Uh, As usual, in in almost no cases— Is a radical end of the system going to be totally right? At at no point do we think that total systemic control is going to be good or right or that total individual freedom is. But also, we don't think that those things actually exist. There's no place where there's no individual agency and there's no place where an individual is totally free of all systemic constraints. Because even the individual who goes off and lives by himself in a cabin in the woods trying to escape society is still responding to an existing set of structural issues in that society. He's not doing that in a vacuum. Right.
0: And so in the same way that we have a specific viewpoint that says we don't think that the radical ends of total systematization or total individualism are either right, or even possible to achieve, there's going to be some variance in (laughs) what people think about our assessments of these systems. Now, And if you don't believe us, just wait till next week, just wait till next week. (laughs) It's gonna get it's gonna get real exciting. Chris, Chris and I came up with this concept. We're like, where should we put this? Chris was like week two. Like, Okay, here we go. So get ready for that. Uh, But there's gonna be some, you know, people, well, so you can disagree with anything that we say I'm <laughs> winning slowly that's that's your prerogative but this season we think that even people who are charitable towards our basic end of incremental contextual change in a positive light will have some things to question about I don't know if that's really how I would think about that mm-hmm. and that's totally a response that's valid and we encourage to this particular season This is probably not going to be the way that every season is, but this particular one, we are going in a very specific direction that will allow for some testing of what does it mean to have context and what does it mean to have slow incremental positive change? Is it valuable to have people in these systems purposely moving slowly or is that a bad thing there will be systems where that is actually a very bad thing right so it's going to be a bit of an adventure we are again Pushing our boundaries outside of where we've been, and we're really excited about it. But that also means that it's going to be weird in some ways. <laughs>
1: Basically, like every season, where we're all like, hey, like every let's let's
0: now. do something new and get yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. See, season season six, we're going to have to go back and like just talk about Amazon for a whole season again. <laughs> I don't think our listeners want that. I, I don't I don't, I don't know. Maybe after the season, they it's will. True. It's true. <laughs> uh, but we are very excited, and we are particularly interested in hearing your commentary i mean mm-hmm. we say that at the end of every episode but this is a sort of exploration of new new territory and over the past four seasons we've kind of laid down the principles of winning slowly five if you count season zero season zero but we have kind of laid down the principles of winning slowly and the ideas that we're interested in developing and now we are instead of developing them for you the listener we're now working with those to come to an interesting discussion and to have the discussions that really Chris and I were having years ago mm-hmm. that we just didn't have a language really to discuss and we didn't really have a established forum or set of principles with which to get at the issues we were really looking at right and so this one is getting closer much closer to the vision that we didn't know that we had.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and so as usual, a fair bit of this you'll hear is us thinking out loud and fleshing out ideas and coming to understand some of the questions we're trying to ask as we go. So bear with us when we flub it, and we'll do our best to be quick to acknowledge fault. Yep. Part of it also is us trying to formulate ways of thinking about these that we just don't hear being expressed very often, especially in Broad, general, public ways. And a lot of these Mm -hmm. things, as Stephen just suggested, are things that we've been thinking about and talking about for half a decade or more, but that we really don't see being expressed often or thoughtfully Mm -hmm. or carefully. And so Mm -hmm. we do want to hear back from you because we need that and that kind of response sometimes especially disagreeing response, sharpens us and challenges us, mm-hmm. and we love that. Those have been some mm-hmm. of the most interesting bits of feedback we've gotten in the past. Yep. You'll also probably, to both Stevens and my wife's delight, get to hear us argue and disagree even more this season. Yes. <laughs> since that seems to be popular with the listenership. Yes, yes. But – do bear with us and enjoy the ride as we figure out a lot of this, but hopefully also give you some helpful ways to chew on and think on some of these issues.
0: All right. And get stoked. Next week, dear listeners, we're talking about marijuana. <laughs>
1: Legalizing marijuana. What do you think oh, about this gosh. system?
0: Oh, my gosh. It's going to
1: be It's going to be wild. Bold and daring. <laughs> a quick note. If you are curious about podcasting in a general sense, I've just written a 4,000-word post that's going up at the blog Mere Orthodoxy same day we published this episode, and we will link it in the show
0: notes for you. Speaking of show notes, you can find the show notes for this episode with links to the things we mentioned at winningslowly.org slash Five point zero one.
1: If you like the show, please rate and review us in iTunes, recommend us in another podcast app directory, or just tell a friend. We like that too.
0: The music at the beginning was Equations by the Midnight Suns, which, which is Steven. Is, which is which is me. We released an EP recently. Uh, it's uh, CC Attribute 4.0, the same as our show. So remix and remash as you like. Thanks to Jeremy W. Sherman and Andrew Fallows for continuing to sponsor Winning Slowly. We appreciate it, guys. If you'd like to sponsor the show, go to patreon.com slash winning slowly or cash.me slash dollar sign winning slowly.
1: As ever, 10% of our support goes to keeping up the Internet Archive at archive.org so that we can keep a record of the Internet because we actually really need that.
0: We really do. We'd love to hear from you, as we mentioned. So say hello on social media or shoot us an email at hello at winningslowly.org. As always,
1: thanks for listening. and that's the basic tension with any schematization schematization and that's the basic tension and that's the Whoa basic there. <laughs>